0: If I really wanted to be serious about this minimalism lifestyle, right, I would just start off the episode like this. No intro, no intro music, get straight to the point, but I like adding a little bit of character to everything I do. So. Hello, everyone and yeah welcome back to just another podcast it's me CJ Moyo if you've forgotten after a week last week I could not record an episode I tried and I I legit recorded a full episode but afterwards I really was not feeling it I was so down and out that I said no I can't put this out a week is not much you know I'd rather take care of me rather than putting out something that i don't like so this week we're back and hopefully this one goes better than last week but we're still talking about the same topic which is minimalism so minimalism is another one of those things that got a lot of attraction in the last few years kind of like how podcasts became popular but just like podcasts minimalism is nothing new So what is minimalism if we were to just look at the word as is it's about the minimal it's about having the bare minimum and in a sense the lifestyle can be looked at in that way of having the bare minimum but a definition I like more or even changing up the whole word what I like is essentialism but we'll get into that later on in the episode. Focus on just minimalism. What's bad about it? What's good about it? And why the hell does it even exist? So, in terms of why does it even exist? In our human mind, we tend to go to extremes in pretty much everything that we do. Most of the trends that happen, or any movement is in a response to something else. So minimalism, which is essentially letting go of what we have coming back to bare minimum is in response to a life of having too much. There was a time let's, let's look at it in terms of architecture, right? Cause this is a conversation I had recently in architecture. After the Second World War in the 1950s, the town planners, city planners decided it was now time to build buildings that were just bare minimum, I guess. They were just essential, they built with simple materials, and they built buildings that were purely functional. Don't worry too much about form, it's purely functional this came after styles like the victorian architecture after styles like edwardian um, art deco baroque all of those which were styles that were much more full of character they had a lot of ornamentation a lot of color a lot of character okay and if you drive around let's say just Durban, there are plenty art deco buildings these are the buildings that have these extravagant colors the old sun coast was one of the most iconic art deco buildings but of course as time went along they changed things up it lost that character but the old sun coast had vibrant colors it had that light blue there were pinks here and there there were gargoyles there were just you know there's a lot of character on the building That was art deco, and that was the style back in the day. And then the 1950s came around, and after the wars, now a lot of cities are destroyed. Let's start building again, but we need to do it quick. We don't have time to build and be all fancy about things. Let's just build for the sake of function. I imagine, don't quote me on this, I imagine so town planners architects all of those brought about the brutalist architecture if you look at brutalist architecture you would legit just describe it as a concrete block in the ground because in a sense that's what most of it looks like it is like just a block placed in its surroundings because no more time for ornamentation Sometimes even roofs, pitched roofs, are necessary. Flat roof, flat sides, one color, that's it. And, I mean, if done right, it can look good. But more often than not, these are very, very boring buildings. So, brutalism was in response to very extravagant architecture. But then again, it was almost necessary to bring about brutalism because architects needed to put out buildings very quickly. Minimalism just so happened to have started in the same time of the 1950s. I am not fully sure if it was in response to maybe a life of a lot of consumerism. But if we were to just throw ideas out there, I'd imagine that after the wars, people now just wanted to get back on their feet. And when you're just trying to get back onto your feet, yeah, you're not going to be worrying about too much. You're not going to be focused on having this style and that t-shirt and that t-shirt in three or four different colors or you want this brand, and then you want that cup, and then you want this phone. Nah, just want the bare minimums to survive. That's when minimalism came around in the 1950s. I'd also imagine that it might have been in response to consumerism. Maybe for countries that were less affected by the wars, maybe people were just buying a lot, and they realized, okay, it's time to stop buying so much. Let's go back to the basics, which is essentially where we are today in terms of minimalism. On YouTube, maybe it's quietened down a little bit now, but there was a time where everyone was talking about minimalism. We have a documentary on Netflix called Minimalism, directed by one of my favorite YouTubers, Matt Diavella, basically going in depth about the whole topic of minimalism. How many times am I going to say that word? It is probably going to lose all meaning. And Matt D'Avila himself is essentially a minimalist. Don't get me wrong, right? I like the concept of minimalism, but personally, I fail at it. I really do not manage to be so simple if we can say i'm not very extravagant but i do not like being so simple which is something that early days on youtube everyone would talk about just living the simple life a lot of people would just show you they have three spoons they have a fork they have a knife they're done one table in the middle of the room all the walls must be white and everything else is black. Black and white. That's it. Minimalism. If we were to put it into a color palette. Black, white, one shade of gray in the middle. That's it. The same Matt D'Avella guy. He essentially just has one type of t-shirt. I mean, he buys them like multiple gray t-shirts. Only black jeans. Specific type of shoe. That's him. That's his look. Maybe a few coats, but that's it. He has one look. Not branching out into different colors, not doing this, not doing that. Black and gray, monochrome. That's it. Which makes it easy for him, right? When it comes to shopping, when it comes to having clothes, because there's not much to choose from and he can keep it simple. He can pretty much just stick to that and he doesn't need a lot. Maybe just have enough for a week and just wash that's it not overdoing it but if i were to look at it i wouldn't really like it and this is the thing with i guess any life choice or lifestyle you have to find what works for you for Diavela, you can tell between his channel like 2017 to now His whole outlook has changed. And maybe my outlook won't be how you feel about minimalism. We spoke about brutalism. There's people who absolutely adore the style. It's their favorite. They'd love to live in a brutalist house. Personally, I wouldn't. Because I like having my spin on things, my character show up in a house. We'll talk about like how my room is in a little bit. So for a person like Avella, he Vela, he almost seemed, I don't know if he really was or if it was just to bring out the point of minimalism, but his house was so simple. He didn't buy much. He didn't have much in the house and it's not even a thing of he didn't have the money, but he just, stuck to bare basics and eventually it's like you know what nah that's not it let's buy the essentials and the essentials doesn't mean having like next to nothing in your house because that's a message that gets pushed out sometimes it's just have next to nothing suffer you know let go of everything if you if you were so much into buying things, it's time to sell, give away and only be left with one t-shirt, one pair of jeans, one jacket and your wardrobe. That's to be a minimalist. We don't have to suffer for, like, for living. There's no need to suffer. And I think that's the point that we are at globally of realizing that we don't need to suffer. There is now another shift in terms of lifestyles we had all of this before 1950 then minimalism came along and now we're starting to turn our backs on minimalism why is it that minimalism started blowing up again in the what late 2010s if we look at it there was a lot of unnecessary purchases in those days like people people just buy we are in an age of unnecessary consumerism that's a word right consumerism people just buy for the sake of buying and it's not even like people have that much money that that's like one of the biggest problems people buy on credit just for the sake of buying to fit in for status for other people to see that oh they got it going on they have things but then people are stuck in so much debt people's wardrobes are so full and clothes are just getting torn getting eaten And then on the other side, there's people who can't afford anything at all. This is essentially the good side of minimalism in that it teaches you to let go and stop it with all this unnecessary consuming. Because your eight kills, my goodness. You have, and I mean, I'm not saying that I don't go through it, but... You have people buying so much clothes, they have so many things in the houses, borderline hoarders, and if you really look back, you're like, why are you doing this? On the show, uh, there was, I think it was called Hoarders on TLC. Shout out TLC for making a show about every one of our thoughts. Hoarders, you'd find that whoever is a hoarder, they usually had some some issue in their life that led them to holding on to so many things. A lot of times people who bought a lot were going through some emotional distress, depression, anxiety, being unable to let go of certain things because they hold some sentiment. So they just let things pile up in the house. Now, minimalism can essentially be a sort of therapy to teach you to let go. And it would be hard to go from hoarder to minimalist. But it wouldn't only benefit the hoarder themselves. But if done right, you could donate some things. someone else benefits i mean if i was to say right now i'm gonna go on a strict minimalist lifestyle i better let go of a lot of clothes there's this rule that i heard some people discuss called the 90 90 rule if you want to be a minimalist where if you look at the clothes or any item in your house And ask yourself, have you used it in the last 90 days? And will you use it in the next 90 days? If you answer no to both those questions, you need to let it go. So, in the wardrobe, I know for certain there's a lot of pieces in there that I have not worn in the last 90 days. And I have no plan of wearing in the next 90 days. Why the hell is it still in my wardrobe? There's so many people out there who need it more than I do. I should probably let go of it. And I will try and walk the walk instead of just talk the talk on a podcast. I mean, hey, follow up. Ask if I actually did it. And hopefully my answer will be yes. That's, I think, what I like about this lifestyle. It can benefit not only ourselves, but others as well. Now, minimalism isn't necessarily always just physical. Even emotional and mental minimalism can be a thing. I mean, sometimes we hold on to so many things in our heads, in our hearts, that we, that we don't even need to hold on to. I mean, there's memories, there's people, there's thoughts, there's this, there's that, and it eats away at you when you could just let it go. I think last week, I was a hoarder of thought. And there was just so much going on, in that week that by the time it came around to record i was so tired i was so drained not even physically i wasn't even drained because of something physical my mental state drained me physically because there was just so much going on and i had no organization now if i was to compare how i felt last week (laughs) thursday to the beginning of the year when I started bullet journaling. If I had just done the bullet journaling, I would have been perfectly fine. Because when I was bullet journaling, I was writing down my tasks for the day. Even if I had multiple tasks, I could choose that, okay, I'm only going to tackle these ones today, the rest tomorrow and so on and so forth. And what that would allow me to do is focus on one thing at a time, get that out the way, focus on the other, get that out the way, focus on the other, get that out the way. And it essentially stopped being 10 tasks that I have to do and I need to think about which one to do, and became task 1 out of 10, then task 2 out of 10, task 3 out of 10, until I finish the list. In a way, that's minimalism. Just one task instead of 10 tasks that I have to think of at a time. I would really suggest that you try out bullet journaling. Look up videos on YouTube on how to bullet journal or just journal, organize your days. It really helps. I was having a great time in the beginning of the year when I was bullet journaling because my day felt so structured. And I knew I'd do this, get it done, scratch it off the list, move on to something else. But your boy is lazy, and eventually he stopped. (laughs) And I need to get back into it, and I will get back into it, slowly but surely. I mean, they say it only takes 21 days to develop a habit. I was close, but probably something came up, so I just need to push myself back into it. Same goes with emotional baggage. I mean, it's important to sit down and really ask yourself like difficult questions. We meet some difficult people in our lives. We meet up with difficult situations. And everything kind of really tackles us. But does it really have to? Does that comment that someone said about you have to affect you as much as it does? Someone said, oh, is that what you're going to wear today? And suddenly you feel very insulted. Do you have to feel insulted? You could just take it at surface level and just say, yes, that's what I'm going to wear today. Leave it at that. Don't add spices on top of it. Someone gives you a bland meal just keep it at that don't now make it deeper than it needs to be because it really isn't that deep that's something i'm trying to tell myself these days don't make everything deeper than it should be social media We see someone living their best life and then we go look at our lives and we'll be like well damn no i don't have this i don't have that It's not that deep. (laughs) Let it go. Because now we'll feel less than. We'll feel unaccomplished. We'll feel like failures. It's not that deep. Let it go. And when it comes to phones, digital minimalism is another thing. There's so much trash on the phone that we need to learn to let go of I will use myself as an example I have so many pictures on my phone being the photographer that I am when I take pictures I will take let's say no less than 10 pictures of the same frame same composition vertical horizontal well portrait and landscape And I just leave it in the phone. Then there'll come a time where I need to find a picture and I cannot find it because there's all this other clutter in the way. It's okay to delete. And I think what helps me is that I back up my images online. So I legit could delete the images on my phone and stick to the essentials. Then there's the apps. Remember the 90 day rule? Have you used it in the last 90 days? Will you use it in the next 90? If not, let it go. That's me with like Snapchat. I feel like I download Snapchat for other people. The reason I have Snapchat on my phone is because someone wanted to take pictures on Snapchat with my phone but for me i don't really need it i could delete it but i probably won't because people want to still take pictures of my phone it's i'm i'm not in the mood to code download it again it'll stay but you get my point there's so many apps that we don't really need i am considering deleting like twitter instagram from my phone and only accessing it through the laptop. It'll be difficult because I scroll through those when I have time. But maybe that's the reason I should delete it because I could be doing something better with that time. It's not easy. Okay. Let's let's not lie to ourselves. This lifestyle, if you want to try it, it is not easy. I mean just Think about the phone. I use Twitter the most, probably. Because (laughs) it's a mess. And there's always drama. So if I have time where I'm not working, I'll just scroll through the app for a bit too much time. And I could be doing better things with that time. But alas, Twitter takes over. So, maybe I do need to minimalize when it comes to the apps. What is it that you need to minimalize? Really think about that. Do you need everything that's in your phone, in your room, in your house? Do you need it? Can you let go of it without feeling so much emotional distress that you fall apart? I think. Like, like I always say with everything, even this whole minimalism thing, don't make it so deep. If you can't let go and it becomes a big story, it's okay. Just keep it. Just now you go into a whole spell and you are complaining and you're miserable. It's okay. Keep it. <laughs> it really isn't that deep. Your choice. Earlier I said that I prefer calling it essentialism than minimalism. And that's because it should be about the essentials rather than just going to the bare minimum. In a house, like let's say in, in in our house, there's four of us. We can't not just say four spoons, four forks, four knives, etc. Because what happens if we can't find the one spoon? What happens if the one spoon Benz gets into something that it really shouldn't have gotten into. Now we can't use it. Do we now have to suffer because we just want to be bare minimum? No, man. It's essential to have backup, right? It's essential to our family to have a certain amount. It might not be essential for you, but it is for us certain clothes that I have they're essential for me they might not be essential for someone else but it just depends on who you are coming to the phone maybe if Instagram was a business for me it would be essential for me to keep Instagram and it would be essential for me to use my phone so much (laughs) but it's not but you get my point rather live a life of essentialism than just minimalism at its surface level even when it comes to mental and emotional states hold on to what's essential guys yo i cannot stress this enough i see so many people with so much emotional baggage and it's like guys You're holding on to something that you need to let go of. Like, it's such a huge bag in your mind. And you're not making space for anything else that's good to just live there and make you happy. Because this one horrible rubbish bag is in there. Let it go, you won't die. Let it go, it's not essential. Easier said than done. But it can be done. It's not impossible. It's okay to let go. Hold on to what's essential. If it brings you down. If it weighs you down. Do you really need it? Learn from it. And move on. But again. Essentialism. Even in your homes. When it comes to my room. <laughs> I think. Before we wrap up. Let's just have a look at me. Me as a minimalist. There's times where I feel like, oh, I can get rid of this, I can get rid of that. My room is a room of a minimalist. That's not the case these days anymore because my room has quite a bit of things. We have my bed. We have a desk. We have another desk. We have another desk. Um... On the one desk is a couple speakers, some storage, and another speaker. On top of this third speaker is a plant. On that other desk is four plants. On the other desk is three more plants. And then there's another plant above my cupboard. Would I get rid of the plants? in the name of minimalism no because this is a phase oh i really hope it's not a phase but this is something that i've really enjoyed having a green thumb being responsible for the plants and then also for my dogs i just i'm i'm learning to take care of things better and i'm learning that through the plants it's let's just call it essential for where i am right now and the other things as well the multiple desks they're all being put to use if i was to legit just get rid of one desk in my room i would be thrown for a loop because i wouldn't know where to put certain things so i need all the things that i have in my room but then i make sure i organize it nicely and have it looking like it has a purpose instead of all over the place if anything i can take from all of this talk of minimalism it's about one keeping the essentials and two being organized why i say the organization is earlier on we spoke about my bullet journaling days and how having organization in terms of the task the tasks I had to do, allowed me to feel like I had less things to do. When we also somewhat organize our thoughts or our emotions, we feel like we have less to take care of. So essentialism or holding on to the essentials plus organization, in my eyes, feels like that's what proper. Minimalism is. Parallel that with just getting rid of everything, going to the basics, going to bare minimum. It might be a nice challenge, but it's not sustainable. Guys, it's honestly not that deep. If you want something and you feel like it will add something to your life, Go for it. I mean, just be sensible about what you're doing. Enjoy life, but just be sensible about life. No one wants to be miserable. Don't allow yourself to be miserable in the name of a lifestyle that's probably going to be forgotten in a couple of years. Live life. Enjoy life. You only have one. And if you live it right, (laughs) you might just be able to live for much, much longer. I'm glad I held off from recording and publishing an episode last week. I was really out of it. And I feel much better today. And I recorded this episode earlier in the day with a lot more energy. So fingers crossed that for next week's episode I record with many more days before publishing so that I have more energy and I have more time to take care of the actual episode. I don't think I will edit this one I'll probably just do a bit of sound cleanup but yeah, I'm not in the mood to really go and listen to it again. So. If there were some words that slipped out that weren't supposed to, I'm sorry, but this is real life. we make mistakes. And if you have anything that you need to say, you know how it goes. Find me on Instagram at CJ CJMoyo. Find me on Twitter at CJ CJMoyo underscore. We have some exciting, exciting things happening in the pipelines that I hope by the next episode of this podcast I can announce to you and there will also be another podcast that I will be a part of that I'm also starting with my sister and a lot of my friends that one will have a lot of guests and I will tell you about that in next week's episode this has been me CJ Moyle this is just another podcast See you next week and take care.